Welcome to the 100k Freelancer Club podcast. The highs, the lows and everything in between. This is your go-to podcast for starting life in the world of self-employment. And if we managed it, you definitely can. Why not get to know us a little better? My name's Niall McCorn. Joining me from uh, different locations around both the United Kingdom and Europe, got two mates of mine, Jacob Brickle and Stephen Box. They're going to be joining me pretty much every episode as we go on this journey to help you become a high-earning freelancer. We're going to be discussing everything there is to being a successful freelancer in today's market. And we've all got experience in different fields, from broadcasting to personal training to YouTube to web development, you name it. We've probably tried it to try and make some money. So why not get straight into it? In today's episode, we're going to be talking about client retention and about working with different businesses, companies and what they all have in common and perhaps what's different between them. So uh, why not start off by saying a, a very warm welcome to uh, to Stephen uh, and to JB. Hello, gents. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, very well. And yeah, I'm really excited for this. So let's do it. New venture. But everything starts from ground zero. There's always got to be the first step on the ladder to begin with. People will be listening to this thinking, right, I really want to become a freelancer. I really want to take that step and take that jump. That's what we're here to do. We're here to help you out. So go and become a part of our journey. Join us because we're trying to achieve the same things you are. And that's what we set out to do as well. So all you need to do is go to www.100kfreelancerclub.com. And you can register your interest now and get free access to the course and community upon launch, which is worth around $250, $260. So you're getting a hell of a lot of decent content there for absolutely nothing. So be the first involved, jump on board, dive straight into it, and you'll get your benefits for it because uh, the course will be providing you 100kfreelancerclub.com. We'll be able to provide you with, with all the information you need if you want to start up a life of self-employment. Right, let's start and get straight into this. Let's talk about companies. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. JB, I think the simple thing to say is every company you work with will be will be slightly different as a freelancer. They're not all the same, are they? No, I mean, even just in terms of structure, size, the people that you're going to be working with, every aspect is different. Some companies you're going to enjoy working with, some companies you're not going to enjoy working with. I think in my sort of experience, I'm used to working with small to medium size, whereas you, you're sort of used to the, the big corporations, multinational corporations. And then Stephen is on like more of an individual level as well. Definitely. And why not look at the bigger companies first? For those of you listening that, that don't really know too much about me, uh, my name's Niall McCorn. I'm part of the 100K Freelancer Club, along with uh, JB uh, and Stephen. And uh, my job as a freelancer in the freelance world, I work in broadcasting, namely sports broadcasting. So uh, for the last seven years now, I've been freelancing, uh, working mainly in football, um, whether that's reading sports news or presenting radio shows, podcasts. Uh, but football commentary is also another thing that I dip my toe into. Anything to do with the world of sport, voiceovers. And that includes in, in football and in the sports world, working with some really, really big companies. And often those big companies are actually sports clubs themselves. So I've been quite lucky um, to work with the likes of Manchester United, BBC, TalkSport, which in the UK are quite big institutions. If you're not a soccer fan or a football fan, as we call it, then um, then maybe you might not be too in tune as to what they are. But they are big, big companies. And, and sometimes you're dictated to by them. So actually, as a freelancer, you might be thinking, this is amazing. I can set my own wages, which you can to a large degree but also you've got to maybe think I do sometimes have to play ball with these big companies because if you can get the foot in the door there you are going to be opened up to more opportunities Um, we will be talking about some of the smaller companies and working with the public as well which is very much Stephen's domain 
is it quite easy for people to sort of be a little bit scared of those bigger companies when they first get into freelancing? I mean, what what do you think, Stephen? Because sometimes when you get into it, working for the big companies is, is what everyone dreams of, but you do have to start somewhere. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting concept because obviously with what I do as a nutritionist, I've kind of worked with, like we said, sort of mainly people that have sought me out. Um, so I haven't really needed to knock on many doors, so to speak, or apply for many jobs that normally the works kind of come to me. So it's been a little bit different. However, what I have done in the past is gone out and worked with schools um, where I've done talks or motivational uh, aspects for the children, or I've done like nutritional um, sort of courses or, or talks for the school. So that's kind of like, I suppose, my only real experience working with those companies on a larger scale um, and also with my gaming business now having a lot more kind of um, drive, I suppose, to work with the main organizations within that so i'm sort of branching out myself so this is actually quite interesting for me to listen to because actually i'm in that sort of developmental stage now where i'm trying to work with these bigger companies and i think definitely there is a um you kind of doubt yourself i think whether you're good enough to work with those big big companies i think that's certainly something that i have is maybe a um like a a lack of confidence because it is a new area i can totally see where you're coming from there because sometimes you go into to smaller jobs for want of a better term and you think right I'm going to go in there and I'm going to boss this but I suppose JB on the flip side of that you do kind of want to do a decent job because if you if you can get your name around with a big corporation or a big company that that rises your stock quite a lot it's a massive thing to put on your freelance CV so to speak it's a massive thing to put into your portfolio it's a massive thing to put onto your website you can say that I've worked with this company and they've not only employed me once they've employed me again and again that you know that puts you in good stead when you're looking for, for work in the future yeah and I think this touches on like our podcast last week which was uh, going over portfolios those bigger companies are fantastic for the portfolio uh, even now even though it's not my most recent works I still put at the top of my portfolio the companies like BMW Mini Lloyd's stuff like that because it's just those it's those big names people recognize and they see class um, and if you've if you've managed to get yourself in with a company like that, then smaller businesses are really impressed and it really helps your chance of getting the job. Uh, I think what this like podcast is more mainly going to cover, this one specifically, is how you manage relationships with each different type of business. So with big businesses, obviously, the main benefit is that they're big. They've got the money. They can afford to pay you whatever you ask for. And if you're working in a particular field where you require budgets like a marketing budget or asset budgets, they practically give you unlimited. So you've got free reign, you can charge what you want. uh, And it's just, it's great. But then the downside of it is you've often got heavy, heavy competition because they know they can replace you. When they put a job application out there, they're going to have thousands of applicants and stuff like that. Um, So you're heavily monitored. They sometimes put a lot of pressure on you what i've experienced is the angrier side you get those managers pushing you for results because you're going to be working with um, a manager of a certain department because it's a huge company there's going to be loads of different departments uh, and there's people above them as well so they're asking them for results they're asking you for results it's a really really sort of tough atmosphere compared to what i've experienced working with smaller companies 
I think you're spot on there, to be honest, mate, because like you say, that there's a chain, isn't there? There's a chain of, of employees to managers and it goes up and up and up. And obviously, even the people who you think might be at the top have still got somewhere, someone else to impress. Uh, and like you say, they've got the capacity to replace you quickly and easily. So I think that puts more pressure on yourself to do a good job. There are pros and cons to, to working with every sort of business, as, as we'll come on to discuss. But in your sort of domain, Jacob, you work with other freelancers in a way you work with other self-employed business people you work with other professionals um what's that like working with those sort of more intricate and intimate companies you know because as good as it is saying that you've worked for the bbc or manchester united or whoever it might be nothing is more important than your reputation as a freelancer that's absolutely crucial is it not oh yeah definitely working with um like other small businesses and freelancers it's a completely different experience obviously you get to know the person or the small business on a much better level you have access to more of the business as well uh if you're an advertiser usually working with a big business you get access to your specific department for example you might just be working on facebook ads or you might be working on like print advertisement but often with smaller companies you get access to um like a broader range of things advertising for example you can get involved in the graphic design you can get involved in all different aspects uh, how important is it to keep a strong relationship with those early clients to make sure that they gain your respect because effectively as a freelancer the first clients are, are taking a punt on you really when you first take a step into the freelance world they're the ones that take a chance on you and and trust you to do a good job oh yeah definitely and I mean, with your first couple of jobs, you're definitely going to have to over service. This is not something that we recommend doing, obviously, as you grow in the future. Um, but just to get those first good reviews and build those solid relationships, you're going to have to go in and over service those clients, really try and go the extra mile to impress them just so you get, you know, that good rating on your portfolio. And then moving forward, it's, it's really important to continue and actually charge what you value yourself at at that given moment. I think that's something that Stephen's also been working on a lot recently is trying not to over service and actually earn the amount of money that, you know, he thinks or he knows he's worth. Yeah. So I think just to sort of add a little bit to what Jacob's uh, said there about being a, um, a freelancer working with other freelancers, I'm a freelancer looking to work with and hire people like Jacob. And I, that's exactly how I know Jacob. And I think probably the most rewarding aspect of Jacob's job is probably having a huge impact. Like he had a huge impact on my business, which he probably doesn't have if he was working with a massive, massive corporation and company. And also when Jacob's working with me, he's kind of working on his own terms. Whereas I can only imagine if you're working with a huge company or corporation you're working on their terms to a you know you might have to clock in you might have to do certain hours you might have to fill out certain reports whereas normally when you're a freelancer working with a freelancer all i care about is results i don't really care about how you do it if that makes sense so as long as i'm sort of getting what i feel like is right then actually we're all great now in regards to um sort of this concept of over servicing i think we need to be very clear on there's a difference between over servicing and over delivering so it's always my kind of philosophy when i work with anyone is i want to go above and beyond what they are expecting but not 
over servicing and there's i think there's a difference there so i think if you say i'm going to promise to do this and you don't do it then actually you're going to be you know kind of either misleading people or you're going to get bad reviews because if you said to somebody right i'm going to deliver this in seven days time and they say okay fine cool and you actually get it to them in five they're going to be like great yeah that's brilliant i got it two days early whereas if you said i'm going to do this in i'm going to deliver this in three days and it takes you five days to deliver it they're going to be like emailing you on day four where's my documents or where's my plan or where's this thing you promised because what you've not laid out there is clear expectations and i think that's the difference so not necessarily over servicing like i'm going to give you this plan plus 20 others um which they haven't paid for it's more of a case of you always want to sort of under promise and over deliver from that side of things and i think they're very clear distinctions in this when you get that right and you really hit that sweet spot with your delivery versus what they're expecting then your client retention is going to go through the roof um, and that's something that i pride myself on is my business is my client retention there's not many people in my field and, and i've been one of the first ever to really do online nutrition coaching and online um, training coaching there's nobody really out there that has the same sort of retention rates that I do with my business. And it's one of those things now, which means I can spend more time with my clients and a lot less time worrying about where my new clients are coming from, because actually all of my clients are talking about me and my books have sort of kept it a really decent level based on solely reputation and referrals. And when I have worked with big companies, like for example, Body Power, who are you know, the biggest expo in my field, um, when I'm asked to write for things like Flex Magazine, Muscle and Fitness Magazine, then as soon as they ask, I do it, I get the job done and I do it to a high, level so that again that helps my reputation so all i'm doing all the time is getting that sort of no like and trust factor i absolutely love that i think that's a brilliant point you know promising that something's going to be done in seven days even though you probably know you can do it quicker and then delivering it in five i think that that's absolutely spot on because you're already exceeding the expectations of the client sometimes you know you've got to do that and that's an easy way uh, of making sure that you know your reputation is enhanced which is effectively what what freelance businesses are built on and you spoke about working in your industry there Stephen and, and what you do you spend a lot of time working with the public so how do you sort of tailor your working life when you are working with members of the public or individuals as opposed to smaller and bigger businesses I think the I'm in a really nice position where i can choose who i work with to a great a sort of a lot greater degree um i'm more than happy to turn people away i'm more if i don't feel like they're right for me which is great um and again it's one of those things that i can be really selective with the type of person that i'm working with so that when i'm talking about their successes whether it's on social media and i'm trying to drum up you know let's say uh i'm doing like a call to action or something like that then actually the clients i've got reflect who i want to work with rather than sort of taking on absolutely everybody let's i'll just sort of dial into a specific example here if i want to help guys build lots of muscles so let's say they're um you know slightly on the slighter frame they want to you know fill out a t-shirt get some beach muscles there's no point in me working with somebody that's maybe um you know 50 years old female and 
morbidly obese trying to lose weight because actually even if she does great and i'd really do good work there i can't really market her to my custom audience that i want to target which is maybe guys who are 25 to 35 who want to build beach body apps do you know what i mean so i'm just using that as an example so i could be a lot more selective there whereas because i'm getting um so many basically inquiries coming through and there's a lot more people i can work with rather than just working with one big company and sometimes you just have to take it if this is the only work available if that makes sense jb how important is it to remain professional um when talking to clients because i, I you know we can sit here and say we're all friends uh, and i'm friends with a lot of people i work with in my industry but when i'm emailing them i still email them in a professional capacity because you never know when, uh, you know, these emails might be shown to other people. And sometimes you don't want to put yourself at risk of, of damaging any sort of reputation. So how important is it to, to keep things professional to, an, uh, to a degree, even though you might still be friends with the client you're working with? I think it's extremely important to um, stay professional. Um, I mean, a lot of the times when you're working with smaller businesses, the line is going to get blurred between you and the person you're working with. If if you spend a considerable amount of time working with somebody, um, you can start to feel like you're becoming like actual friends. And then the, the billable time versus the time spent with that person, just giving them free advice and stuff can get blurred as well. Um, so for example, uh, I've, I've got a client, a client here in Spain that um, we kept it very, very casual. Like our meetings started to become, okay, well, we can just go down to like the local bar and talk about this. We can have a drink and talk about, you know, the strategy of the business moving forward. Uh, and it reached a point where I was getting confused myself of, oh, what can I actually build for? Like, I wasn't going to go down to that bar, um, but I actually went down to the bar on request of this guy to, you know, we did have a few beers, but talk about his business. Like it's for his gain, not mine, but it still feels like a friendly atmosphere. So in that situation, it felt weird to, um, to build a person for that time. But as long as you're completely transparent, like you can be friendly with somebody um, and you can be sort of, you know, uh, have a nice working relationship, but you need to keep in mind the professionalism and you need to keep in mind what you want to get paid for. And as long as you're completely transparent about, okay, we can do this, we're going to do that, but you need to mention, you know, this is going to be paid for, just outline everything you're going to do. Otherwise you can end up in like a vicious circle of like, oh, what can I bill for when you're doing eight hours of work a day, but you're finding yourself only billing for three hours? Yeah, I think it's really important. And expectations managing that is extremely important it's something that i make very very clear from day one um and unfortunately if you don't manage people's expectations it's probably going to bite you at some point down the line whether that's you know feelings you know like you're burning out um, whether you can't get away from your business you can't take holiday you know so I'm working with maybe anywhere from 20 to 30 clients at any one time. I know the ins and outs of their lifestyle, and that's exactly what I need to do in order for you to be able to do my job properly. Now, when they start to, for example, text me because they need to rearrange a phone call, then it's something that I will pick up on and say, I don't mind you texting me to tell me that we need to rearrange our phone call, but in future... Um, just make sure you please email me and I have a designated email channel for them specifically so I can get a fast reply to them. 
um, and they know not to message me on Facebook. They know not to WhatsApp me. Um, and I make that very clear just so that they know as well. The reason for that is so I don't miss their message and so that I can make sure I get a good, good work-life balance and stay healthy during this process. And everyone, when they know that, is very respectful of it. Um, and if somebody ever does cross the line, you know, they do get a bit chatty or whatever, then they'll say, oh, um, if I do mention it, then they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, actually, yeah, you're right. I'll email you next time. Sorry, sorry about that, Steve. Not a problem. Um, and actually, it just realigns that line, basically. Um, and, you know, again, with the professionalism things, it's, you know, I don't tend to swear as well. So I keep my vocabulary sort of professional, um, you know, and obviously some of the things that I'm speaking about are quite, um, can be quite, personal to people so i don't use language in which might offend somebody because again i don't want anyone to sort of feel uncomfortable if they're working with me or telling me something you know so it's very very important i think that you maintain that professional relationship just so that you can constantly be you know respectful because you know respect is something that is kind of earned and not just gained initially so in order for the, you know my clients to open up to me to be honest with me to be transparent they need to be able to trust me so if i say something or um in everything you do that is around professionalism um if they you know for example sharing information with me because they trust me because they've seen you know how i act they know how my business works they know how i talk and how i speak so if i say something this is confidential then or your progress pictures won't be shown to anyone they're going to trust me because they know and seen how my business has operated right from the get-go whereas if i was really loose and casual um and maybe effing and jeffing then actually they might not be so um you know willing to give the information over that i need to actually do my job properly i think it's important to note jb that we're all still learning i mean you can be the most experienced freelancer and i'm sure uh, over the course of this podcast series we'll be getting different freelance workers from around the world in different fields of expertise you've got to kind of always have that open mind and always be willing to learn as a freelancer because it, it's a never-ending learning curve yeah definitely and i mean your personality is going to be evolving like to suit your business better your skills you're always looking to like increase your value it's something that just is going to change over time well, what will change over time is the fact that our 100k Freelancer Club course will be available properly. But before it is, make sure you get over to the website 100kfreelancerclub.com and sign up, register your interest because we haven't launched yet. But when we do, you're going to get $260 worth of free content. And trust me, it's going to be good. Uh, are you excited, Stephen? I certainly am for, for what we're going to be able to offer people. What sort of things are you looking forward to? I think for me, it's a case of knowing that there's people out there by are being impacted by what we're doing and really for me that is the process so we've probably all got the goal to you know reach a certain amount of money or get that certain car or have a certain amount of holidays that's the goal but it's the process that you put in place the habits that you do daily are what actually lead to you getting to that goal and ultimately that's exactly how i work with my own coaching practice at the moment it's the small things that matter so if i can give people a little bit of clarity a little bit of reassurance to know that the process that they're on is going to be successful and that they need to just keep with it and having a real sort of mindset of resilience and dedication then i'm going to find this incredibly rewarding so yeah guys really looking forward to it 
Me too. Good to chat to you. Um, JB, Stephen, thank you very much. It's going to be an exciting journey. So we really look forward to, to you joining us. We're just three normal guys um, from the UK, even though JB's decided he's going to go and live in Barcelona now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we're just three normal guys who decided to take a, a jump and become freelancers. And, and, you know, it's paying off for us. And if it worked for us, just three normal three normal lads then i'm sure you'll be absolutely fine um on your journey as well but we're there to help you so thank you very much Stephen. thank you very much thank you very much jb thank you uh i've been Niall. don't forget to uh, to visit over the website go and hop on over there make sure you sign yourself up and uh keep an eye on this uh podcast feed as well because we will be trickling them down into your inbox uh hit subscribe if you can and you'll never miss another episode so uh, this has been the 100k freelancer club podcast go and check out the website and we'll speak to you again next time Thank you.